Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. A hidden gem, no more. Enjoy one of the top stay and play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you put it out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by Golf Manitoba Player of the Year Award nominee, Curtis Markison. He won the Canadian Midmaster Championship this past season, and outside of golf, he's a model, an art curator, and a candy connoisseur. All right, well, uh, this is it. This is the finale to season two of the podcast, which is pretty exciting. I never thought we would make it through season one, let alone a couple episodes of our podcast. But here we are. I think this is the 60th, the 60th wow. overall episode. That's pretty. So yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. That's pretty good. 10 never more years and we'll be a, we'll be uh, the same age as Sandy Kersiba, who recently <laughs> just celebrated his, I think 71st birthday. Wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, Sandy. And Happy belated. Shoot his- did he shoot his age this year? I don't know if he did or not. Else? Yeah, someone else oh. I think was someone. Well, maybe we'll we'll get him on the pod again for a few hours and he can tell us all about it. Shot by shot. Anyways, we'll be speaking shots a little bit later with uh, our, our latest guest and we're so thankful for him to come on to the finale of this season. And as always, we want to give a huge shout out to Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446 and hit him up. This time of year, he wants to hear from you because I didn't realize he does all this stuff. So I've been asking him business questions off the books. And he's telling me what I can put on the books. He does it all. He does it all. And I got, I got another, you know what else he does? He doesn't just deal in finance and taxes and everything. I I walk into the Bay about two weeks ago and I see Bryce and I'm looking, he said, what are you here for? I'm looking for some new jeans. Like my other jeans ripped in the, in the butt. So (laughs) he's like, he takes me over like 
to uh, a, an area of the bay. He's like, you got to try these Levi's 511s. And he swears by the this uh, this model. And I try it on. And sure enough, it's the best jeans I've ever had. So he's moonlighting as a, wow. an associate at the bay, too, I think. Oh, so go cool. see him for some fashion tips, too. Oh, that's funny. I used to work at the bay. Really? Oh, yeah. I was hawking watches. I wanted to work in lingerie, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> that's that's a whole other pod. Uh, all right. So let's jump back in, into it. Uh, you're also going to get yourself, uh, Curtis, you are going to get yourself a Nick and Nikki group of DQ's 8-inch custom cake. You can check them out in person. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. I believe they still have some pumpkin... Uh, blizzards going on. So yeah, I think they're still on the menu. I don't think they flipped them over yet. So go check them out while you can because they are delicious. It's not, Christmas. it's not a Christmas menu yet? It's not a Christmas menu yet, no. We're still golfing. We can't enter scores into the app. They won't officially count. That's right. But hey, I saw as, a, as of no, November 1st, our good buddy Bob Moyer. He was golfing John Blumberg. So good for oh. him. Today? Today. Yeah, November 1st today. November 1st. How about that? How about that? And as well, for 2023, we're already looking forward to it. Season 3 of the pod, we got a list of people to join us. But you can book your stay and play package for 2023 with Oak Island Resort and Golf. They were our destination sponsor for this past year on the pod. Check them out, oakislandmb.ca. They're adding a stage next year. So they're going to have some some entertainment coming your way as well. Out at Oak Island Resort and Golf. Mm -hmm. Wow. Pretty big deal. That's excellent. No word yet on whether you can bring fireballs to it, but hey, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. I'm sure there will be plenty of fireballs on that stage. <laughs> It'll probably be uh, what's his name there, the uh, the fireball singer, fireball. Oh, uh, oh, why are, why are we yeah, missing why are we his missing name? Pitbull. Pitbull. Yeah. There we go. Anyways. I think yeah. that's how no, it it's going to be we in don't everyone's head. That song. Yeah, we don't have the rights to that song, so we could only do a little blurb of it. But uh, let, let's get into the show. Um, I know he's having a bevy. What are you drinking tonight there, Curtis? Classic Heineken. That's my go-to beer. Love it. Very have nice. you ever been to the Heineken Experience in Amsterdam? No, I've not. Just flown into Amsterdam. Never really hit the city over my travels, but maybe, maybe soon. You never know. You should do that. You hit up that, then you go check out the pancake carousel, and that is a day. That's a day, eh? Amsterdam, <laughs> yeah, it's my, uh, it's my favorite, one of my favorite cities, I would say, on the planet, right behind Winnipeg. That's where my <laughs> daughter was actually conceived. So there you go. Oh, she, I has, love yeah, that. she has a Dutch middle name because of that. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> But anyways, let's talk about Winnipeg. Uh, or maybe you didn't start in Winnipeg, Curtis. How did you get into this game of golf? Well, I'm born in Gimli, so it all starts in Gimli uh, from there. And typical grandpa bought me a set, probably trying to get rid of me and uh, dump me off the course. Free air, I guess that's probably what it would have been. But the Gimli Golf Club is where it starts, outside of the backyard. And that was a nice little run there. They had a nice little par three track, par 27. That was perfect to grow up on. So you get all the little clubs going. I got a lady set for my grandpa. It was, I think it was a Spalding Augusta tournament, they were called. So like the typical one, three, uh, teal blue with a five, seven iron with a blade putter and the band-aids on the grip to, uh, you know, nowhere to choke down. And that was the beginning and was there every day. And the, the owners kind of got a little cranky because, it was a daycare for me. Basically I was out there all the time. And, uh, eventually 
one day I think I showed up and Mike, one of the sons was passed out behind the bar and there was a little note saying, just toss your cash in the cash register. And I did that for my little chips and drink and game. And after that, it was kind of like time to move on. My parents were like, maybe we should get you to Sandy Hook. So then off to the Doyle course at the hook. And that was a full championship run track there, which you can't hit it offline there, which, you know, basically spent more time looking for balls than playing golf because you'd run out of balls like six holes in every time there because it was so treacherous and firm. And then Toulon opened up. They had a junior program and that opened up when we got our licenses and Ron McLeod was there and that's where we played. I played with the Newfeld boys. So Danny and BJ, the curling gurus, they were my uh, buddies and great golfers. So we had a good core of golfers there. And uh, we went every day after school and played as much as we could because we just loved playing. And then links opened up. Yeah, that, that was around the time when I was around 18-ish and able to play a bit there. And then, you know, the rest is history. Joined the Chuck after my modeling career and found a nice club to play at. And uh, now we're sitting here with the national champ and lots of experience from grinding over the last few years. I like how you mentioned with the band-aids on it. I think there's something to that where you where you can know where, where to grip the club. I think I think yeah, we had Brad Curtin. Yeah, Brad Curtin was talking about like the the grip trainer from the '90s, and I think that's probably similar. That was you know Grandpa's way of showing you how and where to grip the club. Yeah, it was just one of those things. And speaking of Curtin, that was like when I was a junior playing in the juniors. He was the guy laying the lick into all of us, and you know you start right there. You go out. You don't really know the game. You just kind of play because. You know, everyone wants to be an NHL player and you play because the NHL guys play golf. That's what you hear. So you kind of get into golf that way. Right. So that's your summer thing to keep the vibe, to try to be like them. So that's kind of how it all started, you know, chipping in the backyard over the little concrete sidewalk, kind of treating it like a water hazard and, you know, sinking the first hole in one back there and running into dad and being like, I suck a hole in one and him being like, I definitely don't believe you just to send me out there to sink a bunch more, you know, just to keep grinding, you know? So it was fun. Wouldn't change anything in the learning curve of uh, becoming a decent golfer, you know? So it sounds like you played quite a bit than uh than growing up did you play a lot with your with your granddad or with your your dad or your parents no just the boys and myself uh my dad is not isn't a golfer my mom none of my uncles really played so it's just kind of my own little venture you know it was by pure fluke my hobby brought the clubs back from uh calgary when i was about eight i guess i think i got that set so it was kind of random you know not a big golfing family at all so is that uh, is that Gimli course still there? Did it turn into something? No, it's uh, for years it's been gone. And uh, actually today, uh, my mom told me that someone's taken it over, but I don't think they're doing anything with the golf. It was a cool track. Like they had a big nine and a little nine. And, you know, I, I was on the little nine a lot. And when I got to the big nine, it was challenging. Like, you know, you had to hit some shots at a long par five and all the par threes were long. So it was a cool little course. And, it was right close to home. So it was nice, to, nice, easy for the parents to drop us off. And the owners were all of my dad's friends and stuff like that. The good old boys from Gimli. So it was nice, you know, and it was nice to, to win one and think of like, you know, that course and think of the players that played there because it's kind of a boutique little course just left over from the base days, you know? Right. Right. Interesting. Was there ever yeah, a so- point then whether you were, whether you were a junior or when you got to say playing guys like Curtin or even, at, you know, at Toulon, that you realized you were actually pretty good at that game? Not really. I had my struggles. I had a bad slice, and, you know, just really, like, you know, mental game was nowhere near, like, 
any golfer should have, you know, he kind of got frustrated because you're an athlete. I was good in badminton, good at volleyball, good in basketball, played triple A hockey. So you kind of thought you could play everything decent, but golf was something else, you know, the, the physics of the game and, you know, having all the abilities, the putting, the chipping, you know, the driving and the mental game and stuff like this all comes with, with, you know, the struggle, you know, the struggle creates success as Arnie would say, you know, this is kind of how it works, right. You got to You got to go through it. I think every player has, you know, even Tiger Woods, you know, hitting those balls, he had to learn too, you know? So. Yeah. He seemed to figure it out. Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> some are Cracker Jacks and you know, it's some natural talent and some you grind your way, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, there's so many great players in the province and everybody's game's different, but you know, some of them, they all put their time in and they've all reached success due to those grinds, you know. Was there a tipping point for you where maybe you were just having fun with the game or you maybe took it a little bit more seriously where you were, say, getting out to the range more or playing golf more to, I guess, try and reach that point where you're ever gunning for a championship or you're just you're maybe frustrated so much with the game that you're like, I got to get good at this because I'm good at everything else. Well, there's like, you know, high school golf, like we, we I think we won the zone. And it was a team event kind of vibe where, you know, you ditch a score like uh, interclub vibe back in the day. And that was like nice to just get a taste. But, you know, when you go to the junior and stuff, never had success at an early age or, you know, I missed the match play qualifier many times, couldn't get into that. And, you know, didn't really play in the amateur due to just like not having a solid game. And when I was younger, it was just like, kind of a hobby like i said you know just playing into the next hockey season to try to like make it playing hockey you know so i the tipping point would have been like after my modeling career and uh settling down and moving back home from vancouver like maybe six seven years ago and you know getting to play join the chuck and uh you know having that opportunity and really putting my nose to the grindstone and focusing on winning this mid masters because I was turning 40 in a bit and kind of try to separate myself from the competition, like playing against, you know, Braxton and all these young shooters. It's, it's really tough to compete with them. So, you know, Jay Doyle and Ben and, you know, those, uh, Todd Fanning and these older guys that are great golfers. I kind of just set my sights on what they were doing, how they were playing and where they were going to play and kind of just followed the the suit and set my eye on winning it. And it was my first crack at it being uh, the COVID and I didn't go to Fort Mac the next year, the last year, sorry. Uh, so yeah, it was, it all worked out, you know, so I maybe six years project right now to try to really get down to a scratch because I couldn't break 80 when I got back from the van at St. Charles from the tips for about 10 times. So, Wow. Mm. So then were you golfing at all? You mentioned you went to Vancouver and I guess that was the modeling career that took you there. Did yeah, you, yeah. did you golf a lot out there? I, uh, started to really like focus on getting my short game to the level where I could compete, change my grip from the baseball grip that I had to the interlock and just like kind of rebuild the swing while I was uh, living in Langley and uh, moved downtown. I was able to go to the uh, short game areas. They had like nice little short game tracks. And then I lived in Van for a little bit while I was at St. Chuck's. So then I was able to practice at Point Grain stuff and, you know, was wanting to play in some of the VGT tournaments and stuff like that. But I didn't get a chance to play in those because I was kind of working on the commercials and stuff a bit. But I was able to caddy for Adam Cornelson a lot. He's a good friend of mine who was on the McKenzie tour. And uh, 
I was able to caddy for Kevin Giesbrook at Q school. So I really got like inside the rope knowledge on like, and got to see some great swings and spent that time kind of developing my game, just being around some great players and uh, learning what they did, you know? So that, that was kind of the learning curve in van and then coming home and just hitting the greens at the chuck and just starting to learn how to play golf, you know? Well, inside those ropes, was there anything you took away from that? Maybe one or two points that you can share? <laughs> yeah. Don't play pro golf unless you're really good. That's <laughs> those guys are super good. Like, you know, next level for sure. Like a lot of great players here, but when you get to that level, boy, like, man, you see those guys dropping their D one bags and, you know, rolling pot after pot and just their composure and how crisp they hit it. It's like, man, that's what makes me go practice every day because you know, there's the next level, you know, there's just, there's little increments that get you to that next level, you know, and, and whether you find it or not, that's the journey, you know, I'm inspired now. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna practice more this this winter just based on hearing uh, hearing this story. And the story's not even yet over yet. <laughs> yeah, well, practice is where it's at. You know, like I grind a lot. Like I'm out there every day. You know, I go right to the short side, work on the little stuff. You know, and that's kind of my my little zen, my like pride and joy, just being out there and chipping and putting, trying to be like Sevy. You know, Sevy was the man, and you just follow Sevy's rule. And you know, George Newton being at St. Chuck's, he's one of the players I look up to, and he was a grinder too. So you know, these guys, you don't stop if you love it. And I got the time. I live by the course and you know with barry being a part of barry's life bernani fine art with the art and stuff it's it's right here he's been a member at st chuck's forever and it's just part of the uh the life you know it's just what i do now it's it's really comforting to be able to jump in the backyard and be there in 20 minutes you know so yeah and what a what a great facility they have at st charles uh jr and i had a, a chance to get out there last year uh, and you know the driving range, the uh, is it the track man, um, you know, and all the tools that they have there. I was curious if Corey got you on his putting, putting um, teaching was it aid Quintech there, or something like that, Quintech yeah. or something. Maybe it was a fitting tool, but it, it sounded pretty high tech. That room's impressive. Uh, I have not. I've been in there and hit some putts. Uh, I like to go in there and flirt around with some of the putters. Uh, don't tell my putter that we're, we're pretty loyal to each other. <laughs> I, I've talked with Corey and this winter is a good chance. I will look at my putting stroke. I've never, that's one thing I've never looked at. I kind of just like that to be natural and find it on, on the go, you know, and, and, but I'm interested to see what, uh, what I'm doing with the putter. Cause I think that's the best part of my game. And it's kind of got me around, uh, the track over the last few years, like in competitive golf, you really got to make the putts. I heard a stat today, which was crazy scratch golfer, 130 yards out has a better percentage of missing the green than hitting it to 20 feet. That was on golf channel today. So it goes to show you how important chipping and putting becomes because not a lot of time you're 130 out, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm usually about 80 yards in and then I take a seven. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's not get too far ahead of myself, but uh, that is great that you did mention the short game. And, and that's what I've found that has improved uh, my side of the things was the, the chipping and putting work with guys like call one Abgirl who are magicians around yeah, the green. and just, just the knowledge that someone like that has, who has played, you know, year round, he's done the college thing. He's, you know, kind of dabbled with the professional side of things. 
Um, but just to get a few of those pointers that can really take you over the edge and just keep practice, practice, practice. And that's what I've been trying yeah. to do this year. And my, my cap dropped a couple strokes. So I'm, I'm happy on that. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. Well, you got, we'll get you guys at the chalk. We'll have a game for sure. When the, when the, uh, North nine opens, it'll be worth a look. The rental's clear there now and, uh, we'll probably be playing it next year. So it'll be exciting. Something to look forward to, you know? Yeah, we can go. Yeah, Corey. We can do a five. That's right. We'll bring Corey with us, and we'll do a six. Some it'll be fun. Well, well, it'd be, it could be us three and Bryce, and I think that's still four people. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it up. We'll have. A, we'll get Bryce up for sure. Uh, Corey gave us a tour of the the Reno, and that was um, what is that in June or July? So they had just started, you know, really forming the course. Have you seen it um, recently? I guess yeah. the, the Mackenzie Nine. Uh, I went out there a few weeks ago and had a look and it's pretty much uh, the last bits of seating has been done, I believe. And now they're putting sand in the bunkers and they've kind of been treating it like a normal golf course, cleaning it and grooming it. And I was out on six North screen there and it was pure. Like I had a little peek down. It looked like a Chia pet, like just perfect all across one grain, like no, no mixed grain. So it was nice. And it's exciting for the club and, and I think for the golf community and, Manitoba and even just Western golf courses in general, having a nice new look and some fresh designs. And we get a lot of people that play there for under reciprocals and stuff. And it's, it's nice to show off the club. It's been there a long time and it, uh, it deserves it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly exciting. I was driving down Harris Boulevard there. I think that's uh whole five. I was talking to Rodney Olofsson earlier. He, he said it was whole five and I'm gawking at the course, not looking at the road. And meanwhile, I, there was a, a, an oncoming car, <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, almost got in a car accident and looking at the course, but yeah, it looked, it looked amazing. The bunkers are, are so sharp and, and just awesome looking. So yeah, I can't wait to, to see that hopefully next year that'd be exciting so bringing yourself to to saint uh, charles was it you mentioned your your connections is that what brought you to it or proximity to the course or a little bit of, of everything barry Berdani, my partner barry he's a member there so i joined through him and uh that was it I mean, basically he's been a member since 80 and joined the club there so that's that's why i'm a member at saint chuck's so all my success goes to Bernadie Fine Art and B. I wouldn't be at the club if it wasn't for, uh, for Barry, that's for sure. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple, uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Well Simple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more 
holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce malashewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 so there are some interesting things that maybe we'll touch on a little bit later with uh, the modeling and the the fine art um, but really wanted to, to touch on here earlier in the show about your championships this year. And the first being, I think, did you win the match play at St. Charles? I did, yeah. Um, two for the last three years on the Hopwood Cup there, which is uh, it's a nice tournament. Uh, I think it's 16 top players that uh, qualify, do a little uh, bracket match play. Wow. And there's some decent yeah. golfers there. Yeah, you got Keaton, Derek, you got Dave Hill, Papa George, David White, uh, Rob Spears is usually in that. Uh, yeah, lots of great ball strikers and a lot of guys, you know, match plays fluky and weird, man. You know, you get a lot of games that go down there and you're just like, geez, Louise, man, like, wow, this is a tough grinder batch. You know, like every year it seems to be, it doesn't get any easier, that's for sure. But yeah, the Hopwood Cup, I don't know, do you guys know Jack Hopwood? Have you ever heard of Jack, he's a legend in the sports community in Winnipeg. I, he's a member at St. Charles back in the day. That staircase at St. Charles, the big spiraling oak staircase, that would have been donated by Jack Hopwood. Oh. Yeah, I think he was uh, big into sports like minor hockey, baseball, out of tuxedo. He would have coached and stuff and uh, chairman of the Pan Am Games when they came, sports oh, wow. chairman into the squash club uh, and racket club and St. Charles is influential with amateur sports. And uh, that's uh, a trophy to commemorate him. And it's nice to win because of all the, like commemorate his uh, work in the community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a good dude. Yeah, man. A lot more of those guys around it. Manitoba is a safe place, which Manitoba is already. We've got a lot of uh, support and, you know, it's really nice to see, you know, how everyone respects each other and uh, supports the amateur sports from curling or golf or anything, you know, it's it's pretty good. Would you say that's been one of your big wins Um, would be that, or did you have anything prior to say winning your first match play at St. Charles? I did a, I think, what is it, 2020, I won the Hopwood, and then I got in the prom invitational uh, subbing as a pro, and uh, my team won the prom invitational the next day, and then I won the club championship that year. So I, wow. I got three trophies out of the case that year, and then the next year wasn't so pretty, didn't play the best, and then uh, this this year I got the Hopwood. I can't play in the club champs most of the time because uh, it coincides with the uh, mid-amateur, so... Yeah, you should uh, petition them to change that. Yeah, they probably did that on purpose. They can, but uh, it's it's okay. I, the national events are so nice, and they put on such a great job. So it's it's fun to go play those. 
What about the uh, the men's league at uh, St. Chuck's? Because I think Bryce is always talking about a, uh, I don't know what night it is that you guys always play, but Thursday nights, Young Bucks, uh, classic group of guys, like super nice dudes, always fun. We play like, uh, I think it's like a, it's like a Monday putter kind of vibe, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, strokes and drinks, and you get a partner every year, so you have a draft and stuff, and it's it's just a great group of guys that all members. St. Chuck's is a big league league kind of club. There's a bunch of different leagues, which I I sub in a bunch of them with the older guys and stuff like that. It's really cool actually to uh, to play in a lot of them because some of them have different formats as well. But our leagues, uh, it's a classic league. It's tough to win. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a battle. The finals are awesome. We get the caddies and all the carts out. It's kind of like a little mini tour event. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, if you get a chance to sub in the box, it, it's a great experience. The gardens lit up every night and uh, lots of drinks and chatter having, having a go at a great night every Thursday, which is my fun night of golf every week. I, I love going out and playing in those matches. It's, it's definitely, you know, you know. Yeah, no, it always sounds like a good time. I think one time I even drove by and there was there's probably 20 carts around like one hole. And then uh, I, I think I talked to Bryce the next day and it was it was you guys. That's the final for sure. It gets a little rowdy. We always get a little letter from the old club that day for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's already pre-made then like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> a wax seal. Yeah. <laughs> So, so then you, so you do that, you, you win the, the match play at, at St. Charles and then you end up playing, did you play the amateur this year or did you just do the mid-am? Played in the mid-am, played in the am, usually do all those at a seventh place finish in the amateur at Elmi. It was, uh, had a good run, just a bad little stretch at the, at the end. It's, it's tough. It's tough to keep your composure, you know, and, uh, and, play a good long string of holes without a bunch of mistakes. And, uh, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, uh, sometimes, you know, it gets the best of you. So, you know, it's tough to win these things. That's for sure. You know, the, especially at Elmi. Elmi's a tough track. Elmi can beat you up in two seconds, man. <laughs> it's well, pretty crazy. You mentioned that. And, and also now, I mean, they're doing some renovations of their own, but the Mid-Am this past year being at Granite Hills, I heard that wasn't uh, much of a treat either. It was in uh, some pretty, pretty tough conditions. They're pretty narrow. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, granite's a really challenging course. Number five, I believe it is, is like you either hit it in the bush or you hit it down the middle. There's only two options, man. And and that finishing stretch, like I like to hit a little draw most of the time, and uh, it's uh, tough to trust that draw. The final four holes there when you're trying to get a score or, or play in a tournament there, and just the conditions, like in tournament play where there's there's bush and water everywhere it it uh makes you uh man up and try to try to hit a good one right did you have your sights set on playing in the national championship or was it something that you say you performed well enough in the mid-am and you're like you know what i'm gonna give this a shot no that's the goal every year it's uh play as best as you can to get the quota spot to go to nationals. Those two national events are top notch on my calendar. Uh, first, first time ever making the Canadian amateur this year, which was super exciting to go play with all the young shooters. Future is super bright there. Like some of these kids are amazing. And I was one of the older guys in the field, but it was just nice to get that notch on my belt, which was huge confidence for me to know, like I missed the cut by two shots, which, you know, I've kind of done that every time I went to nationals, that was my third national event there. So this was, uh, 
that's the goal is try to win. And I'm I turning 40. I entered this mid master category and it was kind of comforting because at the late thirties, you're playing against 25 year old kids that are coming off university careers and bomb the ball and no excuse, you know, but it's tough to compete with, uh, with, with a lot of the young kids, you know, so it was nice to enter this little ballpark of that and get that chance to, uh, to win it. You know, I guess you, you knew where you were every single day knowing where you finish. And I'm guessing they had some, some leaderboards out there, but did they, did they break it up per division? Like, did you know on the course where you were? No, uh, I was, you just play straight up as in the mid amateur. And then that's just the sleep. The 40 plus is just, you're just out there. So I was in the final pairing of the mid amateur tournament, uh, the last two days and you're just playing in that tournament. So I was four or five back of Fitzsimmons. He's deadly. That does not make a mistake. And uh, the closest I got to him was maybe three shots. And then and then I kind of crumbled out of bad hole there on the final day that led to a few other bad holes and then maybe another bad hole and then kind of got out of it and woke up. But at that point, I'd asked my caddy to check the leaderboard in the mid-masters. And I knew that I had a one-shot lead, six holes to play, had to par out. And if I didn't do that, then it wasn't mine. So. It was nice to uh, rewrite the script and finish strong with six straight pars, I believe. And and uh, that was it. I'm a little nervous over that last two-footer, you know, tapping it in. But <laughs> it happened and we ran away with it. So, Well, I was even looking back and I know we have our, our stat junkies out there that will look into this. But it has been a while since we've had a Manitoban or at least someone representing golf Manitoba on the national level win a national championship. Uh, whether it's on the female or the male side. I mean, I seen like Garth Collings may uh, have done it, but that would have been like the late 2000s. I know Rob McMillan, I mean, well, he won the pro event as an amateur here, the Manitoba Open, I think it was still called the Manitoba Open in 97 when he won it. But it's it's been a while unless, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong or, you know, stats geeks, let me know. I think Todd Fanning, though, he did mid-am and mid-masters, one shebang, Ascana, 17, I think. Okay, so that would have been it. But still, that's... Yeah, but Todd's company is pretty impressive. Yeah, Todd's a legend. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is in the Selkirk shootout, Sony and I played with uh, Nick and Todd, and we were on fire. We were playing nice. And Todd said to me, he said, Kurt, if you hit it like this and play like this, you'll win the mid-masters this year. And he called it right then and there. And and then he sent me a text then, and he said, uh, you must be hitting it like you did at Selkirk, Kurt. <laughs> like I said, you know, earlier, if it wasn't for those guys and you know, you got to get a couple lickings on the course and humbly take them before you can win anything, I think. And, you know, you pay your dues and following the, those guys are great players and it's nice to play with them. And all that opportunity I had playing with those guys created this chance for me to like, at least hold it together to pull it off. You know, was it at Thornhill, the mid am? The national yeah. yeah. Have you had, did you get the chance to play there before? Did you do any practice rounds? No chance. Uh, we arrived there fully prepped. I did about a week prep at Lambton, a reciprocal course in Toronto. They were gracious and let me play and chip and putt there and uh, made it, made it my own home, which was perfect. I could just smash drives all day and hit like beautiful short game area. And Thornhill, we arrived there for the practice round and it was absolutely monsoon rain out that day. And the course was closed, so we walked it. And uh, 
played bocce ball on the greens <laughs> to the pins, man. And, and it was, it was something else. Like that was the day. And my caddy showed up epic story. My caddy, this guy, they arranged the caddy. And I think it was like one of like five or six guys to get a caddy, which was pure fluke. And he's not Thornhill, but he rolls in and like, the guy's a complete G loves golf, never caddied before in his life, but he knows golf and he kind of knows Thornhill. And at 1030, I typical caddy, I meet him at the bar. So he's crushed a couple of before we go walk the course and he's just like <laughs> loves drinking. He's at the pub the night before every day for the tourney he shows up like late second round shows up 15 minutes before I literally could only be like five feet away from him without smelling like a brewery it was absolutely epic. I, don't know, I don't know how he lasted but it was typical happy Gilmore vibes my patience via the mental game books i've been reading were put to the test man like i was like having to take care of him but we were a magic team got it done the craziest questions he had asked me were he asked if he could hit the pool before our game, because there was a swimming pool at Thornhill. <laughs> I was like, you can't hit the pool. I was like, I can't even hit the pool. And then he asked me if he could bring his chipping and putter to uh, practice with me before we went out on the course that day. It definitely was a true test, but we worked out. He loved golf and, He's one for one now, and it was a great experience for all of us, and we're great friends forever now after that. So, legend. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Right there. Wow. That's great. It's a legendary and, story, yeah. And a pretty nice trophy that you got from that, I saw. Did you guys enjoy some uh, some champagne out of that? We had a night at Mademoiselle. Uh, my buddies in Toronto, Peter Gurgis and uh, Alfie Contiga, my boys there, they got a sweet spot, so they hosted me. They took care of me the whole time I was in Toronto. And... Uh, that was something else. It fits six beer, Cam Smith style, topped off six in there. And uh, yeah, it was nice. I brought it back for the club to enjoy. They set it up for everyone to see and uh, have a look at. And uh, then Golf Canada picked it up. I wasn't supposed to take it, but uh, we, we snuck out of there as soon as we could and see how it did up. And it was mine. They texted me about two weeks later and they're like, we're kind of looking for the trophy. Do you know where it is? And I was like, it's safe at St. Chuck. So, Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> My you gotta take it. He's in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, Caddy took it. He's in the pool. <laughs> uh, so it was so much fun. That tournament, like, Thornhill, ace of a club they put it on it was i i you know it was like a carmen on steroids because it's a little curling club with a tennis courts and gym and everything and it just that's that, that's what it reminded me of was like it's just a massive carmen in toronto and uh mm-hmm. lots of great memories the, the the volunteers and everybody and golf canada man they put on a show and ironically enough the final pairing the last day were the three guys I was having dinner with on the banquet night, which is kind of cool. Oh, nice. That's was, good. It was my caddy and I, him about 12 drinks deep because I took him to the players reception and, and all of us just chilling out. So <laughs> that's awesome. Is there uh was there many spectators at, at that? Like, yeah, there was a, there was a good following at the end. Like I would say like, you know, maybe 30 or 40 people like following the final few holes. A lot of the boys, like Al McDonald, Drew Jones, they were out there supporting me. Lyle McKenzie, like, that was one of the biggest things, man. Like, you think golf is an individual sport, but, man, when I got rolling in the tournament and had a chance, man, my phone was lit with support, and it was like I didn't even have 
like some, some numbers were just showing up. I didn't even have the names in. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe it. But friendly Manitoba, they stepped up and it was nice. pretty cool to see. And, uh, it takes a club to win one of these things. And it takes a lot of people, you know, like I have a lot of sponsors that support me when I make it to the national level and I couldn't do it without them. And, you know, from the golf bags to the gear and the hats and the golf balls, it, it all adds up for me to be able to be out there and to, uh, just play with confidence and uh, not have to worry about anything, you know? So yeah, then, uh, awesome. aside from the big trophy, do you actually get a trophy or something to take home with you without, you know, stealing it? Uh, you get the medal. So I got oh, the okay. gold medal. Yeah. So got the gold medal and, uh, that hangs proudly in the golf room there with some junior interclub medals and the, the second place, uh, for mid masters Manitoba this year. Nice. And you also, uh, before we jumped on, we talked about a little bit about the Prairie Scratch Tour. So you're you're playing on the Prairie Scratch Tour uh, as well. And you took down an event. Was it yourself and Neil Sony you mentioned? I think Neil, he's a member at St. Chuck's too, isn't he? Yeah. See, Sony's a member at St. Chuck's. He plays out of UBC now. Great golfer, great kid, super nice guy. He's going to have a great career in whatever he does. And uh, yeah, we linked up uh, last minute to... Uh, hit the Selkirk shootout, which was a great event. Prairie Scratch Tour is doing really well. They're uh, they're off to something really good there, and I think we all had a great season there. And that tournament was fun. We did a night shootout. Sony and I rolled it eight under each day to get three shots on Delwyn and Doyle. And then uh, Evan Natchigill and I think one of his friends from Brandon, the Wheat City, they were close too. It was a battle. It was one of those tourneys where I was like, in my rangefinder, watching them drop birdies on 17 and 18 <laughs> to make sure we knew what we had to do because it was intense, man. And wow. It was a good moment for Sony and I as friends because we played putter together, had a super successful putter season, didn't win it, didn't win it because that's like the impossible with Breezy and Elmi and those guys. They got sick teams. And uh, Maquo too, they got a sick team as well. So it's you know, Sony and I linked up and we we made a memory. That was our only goal that week was let's make a memory for us because I'm 20 years older than him, and I think it was important for us to make a memory together because we play all the time and it's such a see such a great kid, you know. Did you guys win those uh, championship belts? Was that that uh, was that the that tournament? Yeah, we got the champ belts and uh, some tailor-made Muskoka style chairs and right. a bunch of uh, gear and some cash, a thousand bucks cash, which was nice. Wow. So, yeah. That's and uh, cool. Selkirk did such a great job turning that course around to have us play there, boy. Like, man, it was something else. They went through uh, hell basically with the flood. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see them actually be able to host the tournament and, uh, you know, have us all there. It was he meant a lot, you know, and that's Natchuk's hometown. So if you can play there, you can play anywhere as you would say, right? <laughs> yeah. We talked to uh, Jordy Lutzi there uh, earlier this season and uh, yeah, he was talking about this Selkirk shootout and then the night, what was the thing at the night? And they had the big construction lights on. That was that. That was like the, uh, that was the night shootout they had for like a bunch of GCs and some cash and stuff like that. And I think they were throwing out some prizes and man, it was, it was like guys were stuffing it in the dark from a hundred yards out. It was crazy. Like every, every time there was like maybe 15 or 20 guys. And it was like an ace every time. Almost. It was nuts, man. Like so much fun. I think that's going to happen again and that tour is going to grow and you're going to get a senior division out of it and hopefully some lady golf out of it. And 
who knows, man? You know, it's, it's uh, we got such a short season. We might as well try to play as much as we can. And that's my theory. You know, it's kind of depressing times right now when you get 18 degrees tomorrow and, you know, you can't play. But then the next day is minus three and the door slabs in your face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the prairies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hardy golfers, hardy people, but not but not minus three hardy. Not going to be going out doing that. Well, I guess now uh, maybe, uh, Mike, I don't know if you have any more questions on that front, but on the golf front, I should say, or do you want to get a little bit into the the personal life here of of Curtis? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, Kick it off if you guys, if you... Yeah, so I want to know is how you ended up getting into into modeling. Is it someone you knew or you just looked in the mirror and you're like, yeah, I can do this? It all started with a cell phone bill and realizing that I had to pay that cell phone bill because my I was younger. And then that was my first decision on my own. And I just showed up at the agency and uh, got a warehouse one campaign, national campaign, warehouse one jeans, local company. And surprising enough, you would never think that Winnipeg had a little model scene, but it did. There was San and warehouse one and the Northwest company sh- shooting a lot. And, got all those tears and then just went from there and got an agency in Toronto and stuff. And one thing led to another, you know, I was going to be a firefighter. That was my goal. I was working on the ambulance in Gimli as a third and learning my EMR and paramedic stuff. And I was pretty much accepted to Vermilion fire school to like pan out the fire side of things. And then modeling took hold and that was it. So I went on a good 10, 10, 10 year run, let's say 12 year run of that international working around Athens, Milan, Paris, London, Shanghai, Bangkok, Hong Kong, you name it, right? 20, 20 countries, few of them four or five times doing the contracts and just living uh, the university of life. That's what I called it, right? <laughs> cool. <laughs> university of your life. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, that's amazing. And yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Like, what is that like day to day? Are you working? You know, is it a lot of off time? Is there a, or it's go, go, go. And, and I don't know, what's the day to day of a, a professional model? do like three month contracts in uh, cities. So you'd basically arrive and do a three month stay and visit all their clients. And uh, sometimes it'd be a fashion show, like a fashion uh, week or some type of events around fashion happening. And some would be catalogs, some would be more commercial, you know? So I ended up doing a lot, being a little shorter. I did a lot of uh, commercial work and uh, music videos and stuff like that. So tend, tended to pay a bit more and uh, get a bit more exposure. And when I did those, it would kick into some editorial work and stuff like that. And the nightlife was good. You know, you're always hobnobbing around, getting taken out to some nice clubs and stuff. And, you know, the best was just traveling and experiencing the world and having all the friends from from the repercussions of wicked friends all over the world to visit now and stuff when I want to go golfing. It was a good experience. I, I would say I did a good, like, you know, seven out of 10 model kind of career, you know, and the travel was 10 out of 10. So it was perfect. And the relationships I had and some of the crazy experiences that you get dragged into, you know, like I ended up with shows, I think along the way and in Shanghai and Singapore and for bachelorette parties and stuff like that. So you have a newfound respect for that industry and uh, things get a little out of hand you know <laughs> sounds like fun did you uh did you bring uh, your clubs with you while you were doing that or you weren't really golfing much at that time never had the sticks that was like a little uh 
a little break from golf. There was about a five-year hiatus where I didn't really play at a club and I focused on the career more and, and, uh, didn't have a chance, but went to the courses, like went to the top clubs and had a look and, you know, was kind of like, shit like i really wish i could be here but i got this stupid book with pictures of me in my hand but mm. i knew it would tell its tale you know so i knew what i wanted to do with golf and i knew i'd have a time to do it i just had to uh grow up a bit and uh, experience uh the world and travel and do do an opportunity that i was given you know it was a rare mm. chance I had to run with it at that point right yeah Absolutely. Yeah. I see. I'm sure there's lots of people that try and get into modeling and, and, and don't have success and can't make a profession out of it. And it sounds like you did. I'll do it a bit more, but I'm, I'm quite happy being around uh, Barry's art collection and uh, having that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a good hobby and business and golf as a, a hobby and kind of a little mini amateur biz style too. You know, you get to travel with it and I would like to go play in some amateur tournaments, like in the winters or early season abroad and stuff. Like I was in Dublin last year and in May and they, they crack off their uh, amateur events there, which would be cool just to experience some golf up there. There's like so many wicked players and the courses are nasty, you know? So it's like even breaking a wish, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It did. So you talked, uh, you talked a little bit about, commercials there and uh i was curious if you got into acting at all commercials and music video side smaller stuff like locally i do like photo double for a lot of the big actors that come into town uh had a small role in nobody a film that was filmed here a while ago but currently like i was just on set doing photo double for the spencer sisters and you know some stand-in work kind of model related work and i've been on set for so many years so kind of have uh i know my way around doing that but i don't really do the auditions so much i kind of focus on the art collection and uh and golfing basically you know at 42 now right you got only so much time right you want to just uh, consolidate what you want to do yeah when i was younger i would do so many things now i just kind of want to focus on what i really enjoy well I, I wanted to touch on on real quick on your skincare routine or if you have a skincare routine if you can pass along any secrets there that's it and uh i put like a little basal cream on here and there and uh that's it maybe pluck the eyebrows once in a while and uh i hate shaving so i just knock it down to a quick stubble and get away with that shadow that's it (laughs) i like that exfoliation i heard that's popular that's a good thing to do exfoliate 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 i guess maybe not too much don't overdo it right yeah i don't want to overdo anything Well, even even touched on there the the, the art collection. So, I, I, did you just come in like you knew you knew him from a previous life, and then now you're are you business partners, or are you just kind of working with them? I met Barry at St. Charles, and uh, that was about twenty years ago, and uh, that's it. The rest is history, basically. So, you know, we've been together for a long time, and Barry's a prominent painter. He's uh, born in Manitoba, paints abstract landscapes and, and uh, has great support across Canada. And the art collection is something else. So it's, it's really a different side of life that I never even thought I would be involved in. But it's really nice to, uh, to be a part of because that also is, uh, you know, university of life. You travel with the art, you carry shows all over. So it's, it's really cool to meet the clients and the people he meets as well, you know. 
Yeah, I, I, I did. I had a chance to check out the uh, his website today, and uh, you know, it was a wide uh, variety of of arts. Not that I know a lot about art. However, I did go to the uh, Montreal Museum of Fine Arts about three weeks ago. So I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty advanced, if if I can say so myself. But uh, yeah, you were saying that like landscapes or uh, abstract or um you know there's a lot of, a lot of different options there but uh, it, on your twitter it mentioned you're a curator and now i don't know what a curator is so basically i handle barry's collection i do the organizing and consulting for it and uh just make sure he's at the easel painting so like doing all the orders and just collate his collection because at he's painted for so long that there's quite a quite of a vast collection from when he was in university and some older pieces and stuff like that so just making sure they're well taken care of and uh if anyone uh wants to purchase them we have the right provenance and era and descriptions all done for them and handle the website and stuff like that the day-to-day just so he can focus on yeah. paint well well we can probably link that link that uh website in our show notes here uh when we when we post this but Guys are more than welcome to come by and uh, crush some of B's wine and uh, check what his face is. <laughs> hey, hey, we will do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll take you up on the wine and uh, you can teach us a little bit about art as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, he said, he's like, he's like, are you doing a radio show? And I was like, it's a podcast. Love you, Barry. I feel like I have a, a, an appreciation for uh, frames, very nice wood carved frames. So if you got an in to find for frames, uh, let me know. Quickly, before we get into the back nine, JR might have some more things, but uh, one of the things that came up was September 2019, Chase the Ace at a oh, yeah. point down. Can you, can you tell us that story? Well, that story involves dear friend mikey mason um i play a lot of golf with mike he's a great friend and uh he loves the track and i kind of love the track being an arneson marcuson uh family from iceland they're all about the track so uh go there frequently and i got a call at 10 in the morning mikey said i got a new baby daughter we're having a party come over to my house we're going to chase the ace tonight we're going to win the 50 grand so went over to mikey's crushed a bunch of beers and we were like feeling the mojo and we went to the track and sure enough, we bought the tickets and there's a little vibe. I got three, I bought my three tickets and uh, they were 70, 71, 72. And I was like, these are great golf scores, Mikey. And I told him earlier, I was like, we're going to St. Andrews if I win this as a promise. And we well plan, we're planning that just with the COVID and stuff. So, and then the British open there, it's impossible almost. So we got to right. sign out a bit, but uh we get into the place, get those tickets, and sure enough, I get picked. And I'm like, told him, I'm like, I'm picking card three. He's like, I'm like, you got to come with me. We go down. We got the race. It's the fifth or sixth race. And in the race, it's six. The horse six is Margaret's song. I got a lot of money on it. My mama's name's Margaret. She's the Arneson, the Arneson family. That horse wins, and I'm like, sweet, like we got the horse, and I'm like, now I got to take the six card, and Mikey's like, shit, you took the three, you got to take the three, so now we're deciding that boom took the three, and it was there, and that's it, pure luck, and you know that's that's weird. It's like winning the tourney, man. Like it's a lot of wicked golfers, and one thing can go wrong. Like in the 
At Thornhill, I sunk a 30-yard bunker shot that did like the tagger flip drip in on 17, which has changed from a par 5 to a par 4. Dog leg left. If you hit it 300, you can bounce it over the OB to 150. I can't. I hit it over to the... 200 yard which i figured out because it cuts off plays 185 to the middle of the green so i was safe with that sunk a bunker shot made two up and downs out of the bunker on that specific hole during the tournament and flagged one and just missed the four foot birdie so like one under on that hole like i was freaked out about that hole and they changed it because i was like this is going to really piss me off after a good round when i bogey this hole and have to face 18 but that hole was blessing, man. And weird things happen like that. Like tiny breaks. I hit it over the water hazard by a millimeter, you know, and popped it up for par. Like it's just nuts breaks to win by one shot. And that's like that chase the ace, man. You know, it's weird. Golf yeah, like, you know, 50, 50 K isn't bad for a chase the ace. Yeah. It's, it was a good start. I, uh, I was able to go play, uh, the plantation course, you know, go to Maui for a little trip to the boys and uh, we'll go to St. Andrews and the rest is basically just tucked away, just, uh, you know, dwindling away in the market, obviously. Talk to Bryce Come on, Bryce. Come on, Bryce. Yeah. He yeah. can fix no. things. Yeah. Bryce will fix us up. No problem. Speaking of Bryce though, he actually said that uh, when we had a talk about this, uh, getting me on the podcast which i was like oh you gotta hook me up with your boys bryce he's like i'll do it but he said that he was almost about to pull his sponsorship if he doesn't get a dq ice cream cake because he's <laughs> desperate for a cake so i think you gotta throw a dq cake in there for bryce man because we're finding a mutual we party that. with five his cake so i think yeah, we can I'm expecting, uh i just want like a dollar sign a big dollar sign on bryce's cake and then a nice picture of him in the Levi's 501 fashionista. <laughs> yeah, because you know he's a fashionista too. And that is so true. He is. He is a, a fashionista. fashionista. I love it. He's stylish. I can't, uh, I can't wait to see that cake with a dollar sign and then Bryce in some nice uh, Levi's 511s and uh, yeah, fashionista on his t shirt. Yeah, fashionista. With, but that's the cake. That's the cake for him. He needs it. He wants a cake, and uh, sorry, he, he'll sponsor you forever now if you give him that cake. So <laughs> we got to get him the cake. So well, yeah, we can I'm sure. Uh, uh, that picture. I'm yeah. sure DQ Nick won't uh, won't mind. Yeah, I know. There, I posted an Instagram on the massive blizzard with the when we had a Manitoba blizzard, and DQ just loved it because I I, uh-huh. I was on to the DQ vibe because I kind of wanted a cake. I was like, I better win some shit so I get my own cake here. Like, this is fine lining it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, so tomorrow, Player of the Year award up, Manitoba, Breezy Bend. Little party tomorrow night. It's, uh, it's an honor to be there. I can't wait to, uh, yeah. to go have an evening with him. You know, Braxton probably will win it. I he's had such a great year. That double whammy doing that twice is super special. So he's a tough kid to meet. But maybe they can do like a CTV Glenn Murray and award me it for seven <laughs> minutes and then flip it back and then they'll do the Braxton Coots real time. I like think so. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a I'll talk to Corey at Breeze. Right. Like a Steve Harvey, didn't he do that too? He, uh, he announced the uh, the award, the Oscar, or whatever, and then ripped it back and gave it to someone. So, uh, um, 
was a male golfer of the year. It's you, Braxton, and who else? Was there someone else up there? Marco and uh, Rob Olefin. All right. Nice. Yeah, That's nice good, good company. That would be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. I've always wanted to uh, attend one of those events just uh, as a, as a nominee or anything. You know, it's kind of cool. that Golf Manitoba, uh, they do a good job. It's getting better, and they're working hard too. You know, it's, uh, it's never easy pulling off these events. It's tough to get uh, the courses, you know, to uh, slip away with that short season for four days to have us compete, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Golf Manitoba. We we love you. Yeah. yeah. Golf Manitoba, man. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Lisa, the crew. Yeah. Everyone, man. It's, it's amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, we're still waiting for the podcast of the year award uh, or nomination, but I, I think that'll come tonight, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I think what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to sponsor the award just so we can win it. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I'll, I'll be on the board. I'll vote. Vice and I are on the board. <laughs> <laughs> with our cakes we'll yeah. just chill yeah. out <laughs> yeah oh that's good yeah wow. this is cool well hey good. Uh, 60th episode man that's an accomplishment I must say it is and it's not over yet JR anything more uh, before we want to get into the back nine well I just yeah I popped uh, onto onto your old Instagram there and I noticed uh, candy seems to be a thing that comes up a lot do you have a sweet tooth Oh, I love candy. Yeah, I definitely uh, love the sweets. I'm a huge Harry Bowl gummy bear guy, and uh, that's my go-to. So yeah, I like candy, and I like to just you know be sweet. I'm a sweet guy, right? Friendly guy, right? You are a sweet guy. <laughs> and then Mike actually mentioned today too the cat Jinx. Jinx. Oh the yeah, there was there was. Oh a Jinx, cat. yeah, his name's actually Dougie, but oh. I didn't know that, so I just named him because I thought he was a stray cat that was coming to visit me, but. He was found in the trees by the arborist as a kitten and the maintenance shed has adapted him as our new pet. And I love it because I'm on the short game side every morning. Jinxie comes out and hunts like he's a Maine Coon in the making, like a little baby Maine Coon. So he's like a dog and he just chills with me, hangs out, goes and catches a mice, whatever, relaxes, and then goes and does his thing. So that's he's amazing. Yeah, St. Charles has a cat in the maiden shed. He's amazing. He's part of our family now. It's perfect. Well, it's like Disneyland out there anyway. You got <laughs> beavers, raccoons, you got hawks, eagles, geese, oh. deer. Can't even play golf out there some days. There's so many deer. It's crazy. I, I, I think they're stocking the place with wildlife. I, I swear I saw a giraffe when I was there last time. <laughs> Man, I almost got <laughs> killed by two deer in my front yard. Like, literally, like, just doing some yard maintenance. I was walking around the garbage, and I could hear them snorting. And running like full tilt, like like racks on their head, and I'm like, Jesus! Like I could have died there, man. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, <laughs> that's dangerous. You got to be be safe out there. Those deer, I know. Deer's deer, the deer season. They're 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 mating or whatever they call that. Yeah, the bucks. They always get stupid when they mate, right? The bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> the stags. <laughs> the young bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, well, uh, do you want to get into the back nine then there, Mike? Yeah, sure. All right. uh, yeah, have at it. Okay, well, let's get into the back nine lightning round. And it is for Bryce Matlashewski, who looks great in jeans, uh, as well as he's a great investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 204- 
515-3446. And uh, thanks again to him for sponsoring our show for the year. We uh, we really appreciate him coming on. Great local guy, great local golfer. Well, maybe not a great golfer, but he's a good golfer. Great guy to chat. Uh, investments, insurance, states, business, and golf. And jeans, apparently, too. And jeans, jeans, fashion, fashionista. Fashionista. Yeah. We'll have to add that to the list. Well, especially you guys call him out as a fashionista, and I was at his Halloween party, he was dressed as Nagatu. What? Oh, come so on. Come on, man. The guy oh. is a legend already, man. That is I think great. You just have to open up a label. Bryce. I think so, yeah. You call it Bryce. Bryce. Wow. <laughs> a, deal. a new label, man. That is good. I would wear it. I would wear that. Mm-hmm. I would wear it. Hats, golf gear, whatever. And yeah, well, speaking of hats, check out that lady you got on there, Mike. Yeah, we got some uh, eighteen over hard, uh, eighteen over par hats. Nice. Some snapbacks. We'll and we're matching colors tonight. Very nice. Yeah, I wore the I wore the Prairie Golf Company guys that are doing their apparel just out of respect, you know. Very nice. I've seen their stuff. Looks great. They sent uh, me this. They sent me this as a as a winning gift for oh, winning the wow. Nationals. That's awesome. Yeah, you got buzz me up. Jay, he's like, Curdy, what up? We played together. You're a great guy. He's like, I'm going to send you some gear. I was like, unbelievable. Nice. Nice guys. Yeah, friendly match over. We don't got that kind of money to just be uh, giving away stuff. (laughs) (laughs) One step at a time. Bryce is on the finances. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come. (laughs) We'll do a a 18 over par and uh, Bryce label collab. And uh, that'll, that'll be hot. (laughs) Anyways. We have someone uh, to model. We do. We do. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'll do it for free. Curtis, you got a, a nickname, or uh, or do people just call you the most interesting man in the world? Or uh, they call me Scampy. Scampy, yeah. Okay. But Curdy is the go-to. But Scampy is like the boys that know me well. Scampy, and and uh, with the real close boys, I'm known as Kermit. It's a new nickname that came up. Just Kermit. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Those are good. Okay. Scampy, Scampy is does that come off the 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 your name or is that uh, Originated I, just, I think Barry, he's got the English major, so he threw some scampy out years ago and it kind of stuck. So we just spell it S K A M P Y and yeah. he knows me best. So mischievous, curdy, uh, you know, living the life of Riley and uh, just putting and chipping every day so I can hang out with the boys on the track, right? Which oh. I can't wait to play with you guys. It's going to be awesome. Dude, next year, I guess, oh, yeah. now. But 100% next year, yeah. You bet. Unless unless we hit the uh, the virtuals. But I'm going to get Thank into the uh, the back nine here, Curdy, Scampy. Um, have you ever got a hole-in-one? I got four aces. Uh, one is at the par three Queen Elizabeth. I went the day before and I hit it top right and it rolled down an inch away. And the next morning I went out with my buddy and I said, you got to hit it top right. And it comes right down the pin and I sunk it and he laughed. Uh And then the the second one is we did a par three, uh, Augusta short game tournament with the boys in Vancouver. And we played for a lot of money. I won the money and then I gave him a chance to do the double or nothing on the 18th hole. And I walk off aced it to take it all back double time. So they were mad, but I took them out for dinner. And then the next, the real deal ace was uh, amateur 
I think it was third round Glendale hold nine, one sixty six, aced it in the Ami, and then last year I got one with uh, Brian Coughlin. Uh, Cardinal Sport, uh, Cody Eakin and Garbs. We were playing at St. Chuck's and I aced uh, four West with the boys. And this wow. year I was in a group with Steven Christensen who aced a whole. So I've seen a few in the last while. But it took yeah. a bit. You must be the guy to be around. Yeah, chase the ace and the tournament one. The, guy. the tournament one was special. The amateur, that was cool because you're in the tourney and it happened and like you're like, yeah, it was good. You know, but I'm running out of luck, so I might not be the guy to hang out with. <laughs> Sounds like you got plenty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm throwing that luck out like, man. <laughs> uh, next one here. Uh, what is your preferred golf ball brand? I'm a Pro V1 X guy, but it has to be a number two, one, or five because I mark it one, two, five. Oh, yeah. And what's the significance of that? I think I saw that on the uh, Instagram. Uh, that's my friend, Ronnie Sanderson, uh, from Hawaii. She, that one, two, five spells her name. And when I was younger, she, uh, marked like a bunch of cases for me to come back and play. And, uh, I just kept it. And that's just my, my slogan. It's more superstitious than anything. There's a lot of superstitious vibes, you know, like I had the one, two, five and the Georgie Newton plaque at St. Charles, like before I go play every time I go have a little chat with that and give him a tap and let him know I'm going out to try to be him, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Impressive. Yeah, awesome. I'll, I'll have to, to I'll like bring to. in that. Yeah, because I, I don't really yeah. bring in any superstitions to golf. I had a bunch in hockey. Yeah, you got to bring one or two, Yeah, you got to. Yeah, mental game keeps you focused, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have any. There's probably certain shirts that I've I've uh, annexed out of my game, but yeah. other than that, like, bank. yeah, Burn. pretty well. It's the shirt. It's the shirt. Uh, this one might be an obvious obvious answer, but uh, what what would be your favorite favorite course to play in Manitoba? To be honest. Uh... I got St. Chuck's. It's my home, but I like playing Elmer's. Elmer's is a good challenge. I definitely, uh, that course, I'm playing it better now a bit, uh, but I like Elmy and I, I like how they treat me out there. They they treat me really well there. And uh, I've always been uh, a fan of that. You know, they're so welcoming and it's kind of like a home away from home. It's, it's kind of in the interlake and it's really nice. So <laughs> Yeah, both. Yeah, unbelievable courses. Certainly, I'll have to yeah. get out to Elmi uh, next year. Didn't make it this we year. We got to play the better ball butterball challenge. If you remember, we had Jordy, <laughs> we had Jordy on the on the show. Him and Jack. Right. Oh, yeah. We got to play them wow. in a match. Jack and Jordy, Jesus Christ, those guys are deadly, man. I wouldn't fuck with those guys at Elmi, man. <laughs> I think we need like thirty strokes. Yeah, we get a bunch but... of strokes. Yeah. Um, Give him like a Xanax or sleeping pill or something. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a chance. <laughs> I'm not sure. Even then, even then. Yeah. Uh, do you do you got a a bucket list course in Manitoba that you know to a course you've never played before that you want to get out to? Yeah, no brainer. Oak Island. Let's go. Oh, Oak go. Island. Well done. <laughs> We gotta go. We should put it together. Uh, we'll plan a trip next year. Yeah, a bus. Think, yeah, we're gonna do yeah. the bus. 
We'll all sign uh, NDA non-disclosure agreements and we'll all go up to Oak Island and see what happens. eh? Yes, I I already have someone in mind as a special uh, invite, an invitee for that. So stay tuned. Get all all the classics up there. Yeah, we'll get Wilkie, Petey Moore, all the legends. eh? All the the guys, all the boys, man. We'll rally up a big one, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll have to take a whole week off, I think, for that or for the recovery. Uh, I'll have to make sure yeah. my life insurance is topped up. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Bryce can Bryce. probably <laughs> suggest someone or yeah. uh Scampy, what's uh what would be the most memorable course that you've ever played? Well, you know, the most memories would be the Gimli Golf Club. That's where I grew up. So that's my memorable spot. It was a greasy little hole that, you know, no one really played. And that's just where it all began. So, you know, when I when I go to that, that's it. Memorable-wise, there'll be a lot of great courses I'll play and a lot of great courses I'll forget. But that one I never will. So those, those Winter Lake yeah, courses, we'll you know, like Gimli, Toulon, Sandy, and those ones, you know, like, man, that's where it all began. And, you know, like, Craig McLeod was my triple A coach and Rana was the pro there and stuff. So, you know, it takes all these little, little things, but I'm a country kid. So that's, you can't take the country out of the old kid, man, you know, Gimli's home. So where, where was that, uh, Gimli course, I guess. In, yeah. It's an industrial park. Uh, you know, just, it was the old curling rink that was abandoned by the base that they bought for a dollar and it was a cow pasture his original six hockey player doug baldwin and his two sons that ran it and he retired from the leafs and that was it you know like i think it cost me 350 a game or something you know like it was mini golf prices then but it was it was cool and sometimes it was all cut and sometimes it was like british open fescue like lining the little holes and stuff it was and you could do whatever you wanted there there was no tea times there was nothing it was just go whack it around and play you know it was kind of cool. That was it. But yeah, Gimli is the most memorable because a it's not around anymore. If I was a if I was a millionaire, I tell you, I would I would have that course cracking in a second. You know, for sure, just for the kids to play for free. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we got a uh, you got a, a bucket list course anywhere in the world that you you want to get. Well, St. Andrews, St. Andrews for sure. Mm-hmm. Must play and. Uh, I'm a kind of a classic guy. Like I like to do St. Andy's for sure. And, you know, outside of that, when we went to Dublin, I, we did Port Marnock and we did uh, the Island course where they had the amateur. And then we did Royal Dublin. I'm a kind of a classics guy. Like I like Royal dubs. I like the old school. If, I, if I'm going to go chase some bucket list tracks, obviously we'll go play pebble with the boys eventually and stuff like that. But I like the old classics. I like when I go to the club and, you know, like, Sevy gear there's old christy o'connor stuff and like you got all the signs and the rider cups like slates of the teams and like this is what interests me with golf like i record all those old shell wonderful world of golfs and watch those because that's that's the game to me that's my style of golf is is the old school i don't hit it 340 i chip it around and slip it in the hole and run off to the next and that's it you know <laughs> yeah yeah i watched those uh shell wonderful world of golf uh on the saint charles one and these with george yeah uh, that's, uh, yeah it's pretty cool to watch um the next one here what is your career low round uh saint chuck 66 and then uh 
in term and play, I would say it would have been in that Thornhill second round, 66 there. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's kind of hurting for one of those. I was a little bit bitter at, you know, the conversations before going to the course that day were like, Jesus, like, can you not just put one together and like play a good one? Like, and then it happened, you know, and then that's it. Once I went, I was comfortable. I, it's, it's tough playing with a lead. You know, like St. Charles, I had a big lead in the club championships one year and that was tough enough just, you know, sitting at home that night, you know, and you're in the dungeon in Toronto at an Airbnb, like by yourself. And you're just like, man, like, you know, you can only have so many J's and beers to, to, to put you to bed. Right. You know, cause you got to play the next day, but you're like, it's anxiety. It's tough. You know, it's not easy being a pro. I can imagine they like sleeping on that British open lead. Jeez Louise, man. Like I'm sleeping on the mid masters for Canada <laughs> national champ. Like this is a totally different ball game, but you start to feel similar emotions cause you're all human. Right. 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 And well, I'll get into my wild card and this wasn't it, but uh, originally, but you, you talked about some of the, uh, the mental help books and, you know, uh, preparing mentally. So can you give us, uh, you know, high handicappers, mid handicappers, any advice on, on what you do to, to help combat those nerves? Oh, I read this, uh, it's called golf state of mind. And it's like the ultimate mental game is it's by David McKenzie. And I read this, I read this every year. Like just, you know, in the, in the salt bath, you know, when you're relaxing, read, read, read. And it just kind of teaches you how to be within your mind, you know, stay within your own mind and, you know, breathe a lot. And, and I've implemented like a mini yoga stretch, you know, like reach for the sky a few times just to like really chill and, you know, trust it. It's the first time in my life I've been kind of trusting the golf swing a bit and that kind of, uh, you know, is a reciprocal of having success, you know, like it's gotta be one man. It's a weird game. And I don't know, it's a representation. It's a total representation of life, but kind of isn't in a way, you know, it's opposites when you're playing your best, you know, and when you're your best in life, your parents don't call you so much and no one cares when you're sick, everyone calls and takes care of you in golf. When you're playing your best, everyone talks to you, but when you're sick, no one cares, you know? So it's opposite, right? You know, you never know what happens, right? Very good. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check out that book and I'll have to have some more salt baths too, because we, oh, it's lots of stretching, man, like touching my toes and stuff and trying to do that. Like mm. if you want to play golf, it's all core and stretching. And I wish I was a little bit better at that. Cause when I, did my uh like tpi assessment and stuff like that uh that's kind of what i was doing in vancouver like just getting an overall assessment and things like that and you found out you can't do certain things with your swing and that's when it comes down to you got to play your own game and you know maybe you don't have flexibility like i can't do the put my hands together behind my back like some of the senior tour guys i don't have that shoulder movement so you you just gotta figure it out right it's a crazy game, man. Yeah, you guys, you guys figured out a way to craft a crazy podcast on this crazy game, so it's wicked. I love it. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, I don't. If I went to the TPI assessment, I think they'd say just uh, just wrap it up, Mike. Uh, there's nothing we can do for you here. Yeah, they'd be like, "You're a gingerbread cookie. Get out of here, man." <laughs> like, but six beers in, I eagled five. <laughs> that's right. You can't sustain that, though. That's hard. Um, cool. Well, uh, our last question of the back nine here: uh, What is your favorite condiment? Mm, man, if I don't say 
is it Hidden Valley Ranch? Because we've been looking for this hidden fucking valley forever. We've bought so much of it and we're pissed off. We're like, where is this hidden valley where they make the ranch? But it has to be hidden. <laughs> That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. I don't know where that ranch is. Yeah. It's like, know. okay, where's the hidden valley? And where are you making this ranch from, man? Like, it's obviously. Well, and there must be a, a large well of it um, yeah. somewhere in the ground. That's my theory. So we've always wondered where the hidden valley is, but yeah, it's obviously got to be ranch, right? Like back in the day, like I probably spent a fortune like buying ranch at the modeling apartments for those modeling babes because they love ranch. Like it's like tequila to us now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but with like you know carrots, celery, and then you got to have ranch. Everything, and so they they probably were washing their hair with it. The hell they were doing this exfoliating oh. with Hidden Valley Ranch on 18 over Park. Did you yeah, did you did you do any bits with the uh, Hidden Valley? Any I years? wish I did. Uh, <laughs> I did like many many guys in a uh, cider like vineyard for uh, some cider company. What was it? Okay. Growers? Yeah, it was a right. grower. Yeah. Did a growers campaign, yeah. I've done it all from Hugo to Xenia to the Northwest Company, you name it. When you're a model, you know, as long as they're paying you your day rate, you're going to do it. That's how it works, right? I think I saw Cadbury was one. Did Cadbury, yeah. Did a family-sized Cadbury commercial in Singapore. Did lots of cell phone companies, credit card companies, car commercials, you name it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, the only thing that you could take away from modeling would be like, maybe if I was like a little smarter and not had to model, I would have maybe went to a college golf and tried to whack it around there, but that's about it. Right. So there's still time. You know, there's still yeah. time. I, I, I thought of that, but I was like, man, no chance, man. Like I, I have such bad grammar, so it's best to just chill in the fine greens and relax, you know, <laughs> keep it local. Yeah, keep it, keep it clean. Man. Yeah, but yeah, before this ends, I I just want to congratulate you guys on uh, your success because I know it's not easy to do this stuff with all the editing and the time you spend getting this together, especially sixty episodes. So keep it going, and uh, I wish you guys the best success. And I'll try my best to to win a few more so I can jump back on here and share some more crazy stories with you. Oh yeah, we'd be we happy do. to happy to have you back. And uh, that was the back nine lightning round for Brace Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. We got all his uh, information in our pod show notes. You can also contact him on your mobile device two zero four five one five three four four six. And we really appreciate the nice words. Um, we uh, we really enjoyed season two of 18 over par. We might have something special uh, coming your way be, before the holidays, but I think this is the official wrap on on the second season of the, of the podcast. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Curtis, for, for jumping on. Mike, thank you. Love you. And as well, the Nick and Nicky group of DQs, thanks to them. And you're going to get yourself a cake and hopefully we're going to get that cake going for Bryce as well because that would be, uh, I think that might break the internet right there. But, That'd be uh, catastrophic if you guys don't get the cake for Bryce. <laughs> well, we'll get a cake. I just don't know if we can get him modeling the jeans in it. And we no, we just put a pair. Of, just put just put the money sign 
with the jeans and then we just put like a little body and then we'll cut like right. a picture of Bryce's face out and put him on that body and then we'll take oh, it off. So no one I agree. It. I think, I think the artists, the cake uh, artists at TQ can, can do up a little jean figurine and then put, yeah. uh, it would be a cartoon money, money and jeans. That's all we need, man. And then the word Bryce and it's, it's self-explanatory and it's the segue to the first t-shirt of Bryce. Right. The Bryce. label is that. It's the cake, the money, and the gene. It's on a shirt and it says everything all in one and it's done. And we're going to sell millions. The podcast is going off, boys. You don't even know what we created. Oh, I look forward to you. That's awesome. And I look forward. Hopefully, somebody took a picture of Bryce as Magatu. Oh, there'll be photos for sure. <laughs> I might even see Bryce right now. Like, I'm heading out to Rosemane with the boys. So, Bryce, there's a strong chance Bryce will be there. I'm going to share the news that I got him the cake and we will be cheering. Like, very good <laughs> well, uh, well on your way on your way there you can uh, check out the Nick and Nicky group of DQs they are at DQ Northgate DQ Polo Park and the Food Court uh, DQ Neverville and DQ St. Anne's Road you can also follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba again this was awesome we uh, thank you so much yeah enjoy your uh, your night out we look forward to playing with you look forward to getting you that cake look forward to getting uh, Bryce's cake and we look forward to uh, season 3 here of the pod so thanks again for jumping on with us thanks Campy yeah, truly a pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to getting on the links with you and crushing a few beers. Right on. Right on. Thanks, all. Thank you. All right, cheers. Good Bye-bye. night, guys. Have a good night. Bye. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. A hidden gem no more. Enjoy one of the top stay-and-play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you've putted out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pool Park in the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.